Well, I get to kick off this new series, Outrageous Grace by God's Grace. I was at a wedding reception last night and I thought, I think my phone's, you know, it's on sign, but I think it might be vibrating in my pocket and they just started the speeches. And I thought, well, I'm not going to worry about that, that's rude. And then as they drew to a close, I pulled it out and it was Kynan saying, guess what, Johnny has got COVID, I'm not coming tomorrow, you're preaching. Well, I was at the wedding and the bride's name is Gracie. One of the best friends who did the Bible readings, name is Grace. My youngest daughter-in-law's name is Charis, which is the ancient Greek of the New Testament, which is the word we translate, grace. And in that moment, as I was thinking, okay, I was just reminded by God I'm surrounded by grace. And as I drove home, we left early, so I thought I'd need to get up early tomorrow to work on a sermon so I was driving down from Gawler down Main North Road. The sermon started kind of ideas dropping into my head by God's grace. You know, John, when he wrote the Gospel of John, and in the, the first chapter he talks about Jesus coming into the world. And he said this in one of the early verses, Jesus came full of truth and grace. His very essence is grace. We sing sometimes and many of us have and we've listened to it at weddings and other things, Amazing Grace. I love that song. Amazing Grace that saved a wretch like me. It still puts tingles up my spine when they play it with bagpipes. I don't know what it is. I don't know if you're like that, but it just does something to me. But I wonder as I sing that sometimes, do all those people, Christians and even non-Christians who sing that song and have done it over the last couple of centuries or more, do they know what they're singing? Do they know what that phrase means, amazing grace? You know, we say people are graceful, meaning that as they move, they have a grace, a beauty to their movements. Well, that's not grace, though grace is beautiful in profound ways. We say people are gracious, they're forgiving and kind and patient. Grace includes those things, but it is much, much more. So what is grace? How, how do you explain it? Well, I think the simplest way to explain God's grace is this, God's undeserved favour. God's undeserved favour. You know, a lawbreaker doesn't deserve a pardon. One who rejects God doesn't re deserve God's acceptance. A person who decides they will not allow others to help them in any way, including God, doesn't deserve to be helped. Someone who cannot pay or repay what someone else gives them to help them at great personal cost doesn't deserve that gift because they can never repay it. But grace is undeserved favour. Someone who wounds another should never get another chance lest they do it again. Now in all of these situations and many more that we could list and describe, logic and justice would demand penalty, rejection, isolation, removal, 
But God's grace is undeserved favour. Even in the West now, karma has come into our vocab. When we see someone who kind of gets some just desserts, we say, that's karma. You got what you deserve. But grace is undeserved favour. Grace flies in the face of all of those things. Grace overrides karma. Grace means we don't get what we deserve and we get what we don't deserve. And grace is all God and none of us. If there was a simple mathematical equation to explain grace, it might go something like this. One from God plus zero from us equals two for us. One from God, zero from us, equals two for us. In Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 6, Paul wrote it this way, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. God didn't just reach down to us in the muck and sit us on the side of the mud puddle and leave us there to clean ourselves off and make the best of it. No, he raised us up and seated us with Christ at his right hand, the highest place of honour alongside him, just like Christ. And he goes on and says, in order that in the coming ages, He might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. In that equation it is all God and none of us. All gift, no effort or earning on our part. Even that moment, whether it be a a significant moment or a little kind of tiny step when we say, yes, I'm going to trust Jesus for the first time, even in that there is grace that enables us to have faith. All God and none of us. And God's grace is not drip-fed to us. He doesn't say, well, I'll give you a bit, see how you go, and if you appreciate it, if you, if you use it, if you, if you recognise it, then I'll give you a bit more and see how you go and see whether it's worthy to give you some more and whether I can trust you with more of my grace. No, it's not like that. It's not even a bucketful tipped on us. It is a truckload of grace tipped on us up front. Before we have done anything, proven anything, changed in any way, grown in our faith, read the Bible, whatever it may be, the grace comes to us in full measure at the beginning. It's like having God's bank account gifted to us, signed over to us. It's now in our name and we can draw down on it any time to any amount whenever we want to and if we were in the end to be able to draw it down so it was empty, God would fill it up again. That's God's grace. In grace, we discover that God is not against us, but God is for us. That's what grace says. 
You know, I've met people, sometimes it's when they realise I'm a pastor and in their awkwardness they say, oh, if I ever went to church, the roof would fall in. They've literally said that to me on multiple occasions. And I want to scream at them, it's not like that. God is not like that. If you walked in, God would welcome you with open arms. God would love on you like you have never been loved on before and hopefully his people would be doing the same. No matter what your background, no matter how you view yourself, no matter what long list you might drag in with you, this is what it's like. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus... Your entire life is immersed in grace and you can't escape it. There's nowhere to go from it. Recently I heard the story, this person was sharing their story of really a fall from grace as we describe it, but really the whole story from beginning to end in many different ways actually is a story of God's grace, but also the story of how we get it wrong. As a young boy, he was abused and he was exposed in that moment to addiction which stirred something in him that had a grip on his soul that he could never break and it led to an addiction to pornography and the things that flowed out of that. And yet he was a Christian. He grew up in a wonderful Christian home and he had a heart for God and he sought to serve God. And God used him. But he was ashamed of this dark side in his life and he couldn't get on top of it and he couldn't get rid of it and he sure as heck wasn't going to share with any of his Christian friends that it existed. And so both his serving of God grew alongside this dark side of his life grew. That in itself says something about the grace of God. But in his mind, through those first 20-odd years of his life, He worked out this equation, if I keep enough on the positive, if I keep serving God, and and he did, and he had a positive impact on many people in wonderful ways, if I keep doing that, somehow or other, that's going to make up for this other part of my life that only I know about. And, of course, God did too, but he wasn't thinking like that until it all fell apart, until he couldn't keep that part hidden But even then, that was a moment of grace when he had to step back and step down because of the horrendous mistakes he began to make to hide that dark side. There were people, Christian people, who stood by him, his immediate family and some friends who stood by him and loved him. They didn't excuse his behaviour. They didn't, you know, say forget about it, but they helped him journey through to healing. That's God's grace too. Now that's an extreme example of someone kind of going, well, by my effort I've got to kind of balance things out, but that's not grace. And yet so many of us in more subtle and smaller ways do that, even as Christians, well, as long as I keep enough in the positive, somehow or other it makes up for the negative. But that's not grace. That's not God's heart and it doesn't work and God knows that. 
In Romans chapter 3, Paul wrote this, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. In other words, no one will be proved righteous. No one will be saved. No one will actually kind of balance the scales by doing enough good things. It just doesn't work because none of that can cancel the other side of the ledger, even if that one looks bigger in the positive than the negative. And we know that. People who carry those secrets in their lives, if people only knew, they know it doesn't go away because there's some good deeds, some faith, some love in their lives. It still sits there. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. As we grow a conscious, as we grow in our understanding, there is good and there's bad, there's evil and there's holiness, we begin to know, hey, that part of my life doesn't sit there, that's sitting on that side and there's something about me that I keep tripping myself up there. And Paul goes on and says, we've, we've all sinned. It's not like there's some bad people and they're in a different camp. It's, it's all of us. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of that image of God that we carry in our creation as created in the image of God. We all fall short of that goodness of God that we are created to live out in our lives with ourselves, with other people and with God. We, we all just come up short. But without missing a beat, Paul goes on and writes, and all are justified freely by his grace. The law couldn't do it. But by his undeserved favour through the redemption that came in Jesus Christ. That's the answer. It's the only answer. That's why God did what he did in Christ. But you might say it makes no sense. Well, it doesn't. That's why it's outrageous grace. That's why it's amazing grace. God's grace doesn't make sense. It's not just in that sense. You know, even religion taken the wrong way is about what you do. You rock up. You do certain things. You get some ticks in the box. But that's not grace. Grace is about a relationship. It flows from knowing Jesus and letting his heart and his activity outwork in your life. And all are justified freely by this grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. As Kynan wrote in some of the notes that I couldn't really use because of the way Kynan writes his notes for sermons, he did say this, God is the source of life, not rules. God is the source of grace, not law. God is there to give life, to build us up, to set us free, to enable us to be all that we are created to be. He's not there to catch us out, hold us down, punish us and kind of put us on the scrap heap, as it were. That's not his heart. And so we step into this grace when we stop running, when we stop striving, when we stop hiding and we humbly give up and submit ourselves with all our sin and shame, our guilt, our pride, our fear, our hurt, our past, whatever it may be, as well as our successes and joys and say, well, God, here I am. There's nothing I can do. I need you. And when you do that, you discover that, as there's a song that we sing sometimes, grace is an ocean and you're sinking in it. 
You can't escape it. But the thing is, you don't drown. In fact, you find life and joy and peace and healing and provision and wisdom and so much more. And as such, grace is illogical, which means it needs to come from an experience. It needs to come from a revelation. Yes, I can teach about grace and God will use that and the scripture teaches about grace and God will speak to you through that. But in the end, it's a revelation because there's nothing kind of in the human logic that explains grace. Jeff. Many of you know Jeff. He shared this story with you. But Jeff literally found himself in the gutter because of things that happened in his life, because of his own choices. And at that point where he couldn't go any lower, he said, God, if you're there, help. Guess what? A lady rocked up, took him around and introduced him around the corner to a Christian rehab centre and he stepped into grace. And he began a journey of grace that he'll tell you it's by God's grace. He experienced grace. He had a revelation of what grace is through an encounter with Jesus, through an encounter with God's people. You can't work it out in your head. You can't earn it your way into it. It begins with that simple prayer, God, help, and Jesus will do the rest. In the Psalms it says that a broken and contrite spirit God will not reject. In fact, he's drawn to it like a moth to the flame. Now, this grace is so beautiful. It has many facets to it, like a beautiful diamond. I still remember the first time I went to a jewellery shop. I was in my 20s. Mary and I were, knew we were going to announce our engagement, so we went shopping for an engagement ring. And, you know, I've seen some engagement rings with a rock. Ours wasn't quite like that. But I was kind of surprised when I got to this jewellery store and they had these racks of, you know, engagement rings with diamonds and the down light shining on them and I was dazzled by the beauty of the, the colours that came off these diamonds as the light shine on them. But when we step into grace, we become that multifaceted diamond that as we live under the light of Christ and his grace, these wonderful colours of the dimensions of God's Grace begin to be outworked in our life and reflect into the world as a, as a symbol of God's grace to others and to ourselves. We're going to unpack those facets of grace through this series. Today I want to touch briefly on the redemptive work of grace. In Jesus' time, people could pay off a significant debt by selling themselves into slavery. It's hard for us to imagine that, but that was part of the world they lived in and that was the only option you had. The problem with selling yourself into slavery is when you become a slave, you don't own anything and you don't earn anything. So there's a pretty obvious outcome. You remain a slave unless someone pays the debt and redeems you. It was a legal term. The potential problem with that is the person who redeems you might make you their slave 
for they now own you or in, you may become indebted to them in some other way. But when Jesus redeems us by paying our debt, a debt we can never pay for ourselves, the debt of our sin and rejection of God, when he paid that price, that penalty on the cross for us, he doesn't then keep us in bondage. He sets us free and treats us just as if we had never sinned. Get your head around that. He treats us just as if we had never sinned. He doesn't treat us in a sense as a forgiven sinner who's still got a record, but we're letting you off the hook. He treats us just as if we never sinned. That's what the word justification means. He treats us just as if we are holy and perfect and sinless like he himself is. He treats us like a brother and a sister who has full access to the Father's stuff just like he does, without limit. If you read the Bible from beginning to end, it is full of stories of redeeming grace. If you are able to read the history of heaven or the history stored in heaven of the last 2,000 years, there would be millions, billions of stories of redeeming grace. In this gathered group here this morning, and some of you who are joining us online, are multiple stories of redeeming grace. That's what Jesus does. That's who Jesus is. And Jesus is with us today in the same way, full of truth and grace. And if you are with us today as someone who has never maybe prayed that prayer help, who has never said yes to Jesus, then today is the day you can begin and step into that ocean of grace and experience a truckload of grace in your life up front, fully paid for by Jesus. You may be here listening in today as someone who knows God's grace but maybe is still trying to balance the scales in your own effort or has parts of your life that you think are beyond his grace and today's the day to stop holding back and just hand it over and let Jesus' grace infuse all of your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray. Lord Jesus, we pray. Holy Spirit, we pray. More of your grace again in this moment, right now. Lord, for any who are praying help for the first time, for any who are laying it down for the first time, saying, Jesus, I need you. Lord, may they right now experience your grace. Lord, for any who have been carrying that black box in their life with that thought, if it ever got out, if anyone ever knew, maybe even if God knew, Lord, right now in your grace, 
lift that box from them, cut off the chain. Lord, I know you don't even need to open the box. You just take it and throw it away and you set them free and you erase it, Lord. May they experience your grace and hear your word forgiven. You are forgiven. Lord, for those who are struggling with health health issues, whether it be mental health, physical health, Lord, in your grace, release healing in them now. Lord, for those who know as they even as they may proactively say, Lord, I want to serve you, I want to be obedient, I know what it is you're calling me to do, but they know, Lord, that they can't do it. Release your enabling grace to them. Lord, in every situation where people are crying out to you in their desperation, in their faith and hope, in their confusion or fear, grace. Let your grace flow to them right now. Let it be the answering word. Let it be the key that unlocks things. Let it be the provision that they need, the wisdom, the revelation. Lord, even in your grace, enable us to receive what we would struggle to understand or believe is possible, that you would give it to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we sing this wonderful song that reaffirms.